They call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of green greens in my hand. Then we tripping up back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best. They call me the Greasy Man. Hello and welcome. To another edition of the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm Jody B. And today, we're going to do shit a little different. Now, I had some other plans of what I was going to do. But, unfortunately, the mixer that I bought decided to not be the shit that I needed. So, I'm having to make do today. And uh, just trying to get some shit on the record, you know. Turns out goddamn mixer I bought was not USB powered so it made it really difficult to make the connection now I've already sent away for a new one and the motherfucker will be here in two days uh, thank you Amazon Prime for being so awesome but until then I'm just gonna have to record my own shit for the moment until I can record Skype calls and all that other bullshit so Man, we worked so hard with that other fucking mixer. I was talking with Ray over at the Naked Porch Podcast, and I think we took probably 20, 30 minutes the other night sitting here trying shit out and moving wires from here to there, and I'll be goddamned if we still couldn't figure it out. This fucking technology is bullshit. Hmm. So today, I think it's going to be a... A little bit different situation. I'm not usually a fan of just sitting around talking to myself, but uh, I mean, it's not the worst thing. I figure maybe I look at my phone, discuss some shit on Twitter, you know, just see kind of what shakes out. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on in the world. My opinion's probably no better than anybody else's, but you know, it is what it is. I was just looking this morning, uh, Brett from over at the Hot Butter Podcast posted uh, something on Twitter about a woman in Cleveland who had taken her son to a barbershop and apparently the haircut was taking too long and his bitch pulled out her fucking Glock and started waving it around like an asshole. Now, the funny thing is There's pictures of the incident. No video, so that sucks. But just a couple still shots. And uh, in the picture, you can definitely tell uh, nobody gives a fuck that she pulled her gun out. (laughs) Now, I don't know how the environment is in Cleveland, but uh, that I thought was hilarious because you can tell uh, she's got a pistol in her hand and the hairdresser and the manager both are standing there completely not giving a fuck. (laughs) <laughs> just looking at her saying what's up so fuck your gun shit is crazy in the world right now man motherfuckers are dropping bombs and people are yelling at each other I don't understand half of it I don't even watch the news anymore I'm so sick of all the craziness you know it's not affecting me on a day to day so I really don't put a lot of thought into it 
it's um it's weird to know that all these things are going on around the world and I'm just kind of in my own little bubble just I mean it's supposed to rain today that's about the only thing that concerns me at the moment and uh I don't know like is that a bad thing am I supposed to be up in arms about shit that's going on in the world am I supposed to care this shit don't affect me not on a day to day I don't understand people that get just so involved with with everything else it's like don't you have shit going on in your own life don't you have your own shit you should be worrying about like your kids or your motherfucking bank account it just it, it makes me really really nervous about the future <laughs> people are so worried about shit I'm just sitting around just doing my fucking thing it's a bummer about the mixer man I was really looking forward to it start getting some of these Skype calls and talking to all these interesting people on Twitter it's amazing the people that you'll find one thing that I am kind of noticing now that uh I'm handling the the account for uh, the podcast is you know I get a lot of random follows and as a courtesy I'm just I'm kind of doing the follow back right now and I don't really know what what Twitter etiquette is if you're supposed to follow everybody that follows you or it's the same thing with retweet I don't I don't know I think I've I've gotten better about being looser with my my retweets and whatnot but it's still uh, I don't I don't know but uh these goddamn auto messages when you follow somebody and then all of a sudden their fucking shit pops up and you think hey this person wants this to talk or to say something and then it's just this bullshit it's like hey guys thank you for for following and you know check out the the website and all this shit and i'm like man i'm i'm not gonna look at that (laughs) I don't even know how to set one of those up. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm mad about it. Because I'm not taking advantage of the, the the pester text. I had a bust on somebody the other day in a conversation that we were having. And they posted their podcast. and didn't say shit else in the whole conversation. But then all of a sudden just dropped the latest episode. And I said, motherfucker, don't just pod rape me. How you gonna do that shit? We weren't e- you weren't even talking in this conversation. I mean, you were involved, so I can appreciate that. But at least you could have said, "Hey, maybe check out my show," or "This is do you like this?" or something witty. But don't just jam your fucking podcast in my face. That's not gonna work at all for me. I got behind this week on my shows. Shit's been weird. A couple of the big shows that I listen to have been uh, kind of spacey and not really my flavor. So I've been checking out a lot of uh, you know indie shows and stuff like that. And I guess that's part of the deal is you got to listen to other people's shows, <laughs> podcasts. Such a crazy world now, you know, because you can find a show about anything. You can find m- murders and fucking wrestlings and a lot of wrestling 
lot of wrestling. I don't understand how you would keep up with all of it. Fucking B Rob, he's he's balls deep in the the Twitter wrestling universe, and uh, I don't even watch the the new shit hardly. You know, I got the network. I like watching that old wrestling from back when I was a kid. Motherfucking Stone Cold Steve Austin and shit. But uh, everybody is talking about it and commenting on it and making predictions and talking shit about the company. And I mean, that's cool. Shit, I'm a I'm a subscriber. Maybe I should be more involved. Hmm. So, sitting around the other day, and I had a funny thought for a show. You know how in some of the old, like medium shows, there'd be a guy or a person who would they could like touch something, and then they would feel. Or see like a, a a moment in time from that person, like a memory. You know what the fuck I'm saying. Like they grab a hold of somebody and then it goes. And then all of a sudden they see some kind of a crazy memory of that person or, you know. I thought it would be funny the other day if uh, there was a like a superpower that you could get to where you would fucking, anytime you touched a body part you would have like a sexual flashback. So like, let's say you walk by your, your wife, girlfriend in the kitchen. You know how you do. You walk by and you grab a handful of that booty. And then all of a sudden, back to a time when some other dude that's not you is just banging the shit out of your old lady. <laughs> and you would come back traumatized. And you'd be like, ah, that's not okay. It'd be funny if you uh, walked into the office and saw your boss and maybe shook his hand or high five. That'd be great too. You'd be just, and all of a sudden it's just your boss in the corner of the room jerking off on the couch. Just, it's <laughs> disgusting. And then you grab your grandma's hand. Oh. that's terrible man any of you guys ever seen your grandma naked I have a bunch you know what's funny being from around here everybody has a story and I know that so far I've mentioned different traumatic events and just kind of shitty situations and the, the funny thing is is here it's normal it's all run of the mill man everybody's got that story everybody's got the the crazy drug addict relative or the the sexual abuser or the alcoholic you know or the 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 womanizer it's three inches thick here dog in fact if you're one of the people that don't have that you're the person that everybody kind of perceives as weird because you what are you talking about man you don't you ain't never had to go bail your uncle out of jail and pick up his truck because he rolled it in a hit and run and it's you know <laughs> that's a standard here but since i've become an adult and i've talked to other people i've started to understand that some of my incidences aren't exactly as standard as everybody else's so that's a lot of fun 
Like I said, so naked. That's one. I've always said that that was a very traumatic thing. And then my wife talks about how their mom walked around naked when they were kids. Y'all's fucking parents walk around naked? Was that a normal thing in your house? I'm not a fan. <laughs> I keep my motherfucking clothes on in my house. Maybe it's just the emergency instinct, but I don't ever want to be in a situation where I ain't got my, at least my drawers on because you can't be running around putting out fires or, you know, tackling robbers with your dick out. That's not going to help nothing. <laughs> my grandma, she was a big lady, too. She was like 300 pounds. Oh, good God. There are people from our trailer park that saw it, too. Like, she didn't give a fuck, man. She was crazy. My grandma was fucking insane. And as an adult now, I have no contact with her. But just the memories, the incidences, and the crazy shit. This fucking woman, man. When I was a kid, I was jumping on our waterbed. Yeah, it was a king-size waterbed try that shit out you shouldn't jump on them though they're not very stable jumping on the bed and I fucking lost my balance I fell off and I hit the back of my head on an end table and I split my head open real bad had a vagina on the back of my head you feel me normal people would probably say oh you probably need to go to the hospital not my grandma <laughs> this bitch whipped out the the hair clippers the Bic razor motherfucking needle and thread and sewed my head up right there in the trailer threw some alcohol on that shit and said go play <laughs> that's my experience that's the kind of place I grew up she used to walk into the room and flip on the light and say hit the floor that was her way of saying get up <laughs> she kick your fucking bed it's all very traumatic looking back I mean this this podcast is about conversation but it's also for me so if anything this is going to be like the first episode of the the psychotic reality <laughs> the true story of Jody B and why I really am oddly okay most of the time all things considered I heard on a the Joey Diaz podcast, he was talking about being in prison in Colorado, and he said that's how you can really tell the soul of a terrible person, somebody that legitimately doesn't give a fuck about you, is when they wake you up, they just kick your fucking bed and say, get up, bitch. And that's, that's a reality for me. That happened every day for 16 years. Maybe not 16. It wasn't. It's weird because, like, when I was a little kid, probably from the age that my grandma took me from my mom till probably 10 or 11, my grandma was very aggressive, but not nearly as abusive as she would be later when I would, you know, be bigger and uh, hormonal and rebellious and mouthy and shit I think when I was younger she used me more as leverage on my mom to kind of keep her down my mom had me when she was like 18 
and uh you know i mentioned in a previous show uh about a year after i was born there was a situation where she had to go to work and she left me with my aunt soon to be aunt she hadn't you know met my uncle yet but left me there with her and her boyfriend and then she left and the boyfriend fucking bounced me off a couple walls pretty pretty brutal shit man and uh you know she used that as levers to take me from my mom said she wasn't fit to be a parent and you know now me and my mom have had to squash a lot of shit because i didn't see her a lot for 15 years you know once twice a year maybe christmas birthdays sometimes sometimes not she was i know that she probably could have tried a little harder and i think that's the shit now that bothers me is knowing that as a parent there are moments where you have a decision to make and sometimes you don't make the right one but uh you know if you put out the extra effort you can make up for that mistake or you can try to at least make an effort to be you know better and uh i know there were a lot of years there where you know looking back it's like as an adult eh, maybe you could have tried a little harder but you can't hold on to shit like that i had to grow up and realize what kind of a person my grandma was to realize what kind of a person my mom was and it's really sad man it's sad to think that you know these people my mom and her brothers and sisters grew up the way that they did to know that this woman my grandma is next level really really bad person and they were stuck all of them for 18 years with her just looming in the background so I get it but um it's it's weird now because you know she'll be 50 soon and you know you can see how the damage was done because my mom has lost her self esteem she's she's done better in the last few years but she's just a broken person you know it's almost like a like a pimp and a prostitute you know when you have just that over aggressive constant you know belittling and and down talk and cursing and it's just it's it will break you and it doesn't take as long as you'd think you know she had to deal with it for 17 18 years so i can only imagine and that was when she was fucking spry you know when i come to find just how aggressive and and physically abusive my grandma could be i was probably closer to to 12 that was when shit got real but uh the thing is is she was in her 50s already so i can only imagine what she was like when she's 30 and able to to get around i've heard stories of her whipping fucking two by fours at my uncle's fucking heavy ass vacuum cleaners you know I don't understand it I really don't I don't care if I never speak to her again 
it's it's a sad situation to know how many people she's affected with her bullshit with her just overwhelming narcissistic tendencies she's one of these people that it doesn't it never matters what it is there's always strings attached you may not realize it she gonna get it back I've seen her ruin so many people's lives at least 10 off top see trailer parks are funny because the reality is for most people that's rock bottom you know that's a hundred dollars a month rent that's low (laughs) it's you are trying to get yourself to a better situation as soon as possible so you know over 12 years of being in this trailer park just a cacophony of people some good some bad rolled through and my grandma was one of those people that would usually get her hooks into you real quick the kind of person that will come up and talk to you while you're moving and just stand there and watch you move shit hey what's going on guys nothing moving cool yeah 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 so yeah we're fucking having a barbecue you know just that's that's my my grandma's approach and then she would start setting into you. She'd do little, just little things for you. Maybe pick you up something. She liked to go garage sale. Sailing? Garage sailing? Is that a word? She liked to uh, just buy random shit all the time. And it, if she saw something that she thought you might like, or what, you know, she would bring it to you. Obviously, she's paying next to nothing for this shit. But it was like a token. And that's how she would get in. And then eventually it's, hey, I need to borrow your car. Uh, Do you need me to do your taxes? Uh, (laughs) You know, let me tell you how to do this. And she would just, she would really get involved with people's lives. And in some cases, I'm pretty sure she would take checkbooks. I mean, she was just a shitty person, man. And, uh... I know she worked different jobs when I was a kid. She worked in a factory for a long time. I remember that. Because that was when I was probably less than 10. I was a latchkey kid like most people. You know, she would be gone to work before I got up to go to school. And then I would get home from school probably an hour and a half, two hours before she would get home. And she'd come home all sweaty. I mean... That's where the shit would would conflict because on one hand, I see this person who didn't let me starve, so that's nice. I mean, the food quality could have been a little better. You know, we were on food stamps for a while. I remember buying shit with that Monopoly money. We always went to, you know, discount stores. She would go to, like I said, uh, flea markets, different sales where there would be like damaged goods. You know, dented up cans. We used to do food pantries. I mean, it's we figured out ways to get fed. But that's the problem is, um, you know, now as an adult, I've realized that she's a compulsive gambler. So 
That's one thing. And I think she was a bit of an alky back in the day. They used to go to the Moose Lodge a lot. Anybody else know what a Moose Lodge is? It's like a motherfucking Knights of Columbus. It's a place where old people hang out and drink for cheap. I spent many a fucking evening off in there shooting pool, shuffleboard, playing the jukebox, pinball machines. Shit was crazy, man. I don't even know how they would let kids in there. I really, I really don't think they were supposed to. Man, we used to go to these old people parties at this Moose Lodge. They had like a little convention area in the back, probably seated 200 people. And they would have like these holiday little shindigs. I said shindigs. I would be dancing with so many old ladies, y'all. Fucking cutting it up. It's a good thing. These motherfucking old women out there dancing to stroking and shit. These dirty birds. It's so funny. (laughs) Just to think about it now. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You guys have no idea the amount of old lady tail I could have (laughs) smashed. Hashtag gilfs. (laughs) Man. So, where are we at now? What's going on? Donald Trump is president. I don't really care. I didn't vote. I can't. I uh, I don't get involved. I think I probably should do more. But it's hard, y'all. It's hard to figure out who's telling the truth anymore and what's real and what's not this goddamn internet has twisted everybody's minds a little bit and uh it's not a bad thing i think that weird and and terrible things have been going on for years and we're just at a point now where everybody can see the shit that's happening people have been wiling out on fucking airplanes lately though that's crazy they bounced that home Fucking dude's face off the armrest broke his nose and his fucking chin, I think. I don't know. I saw that they settled out of court. That motherfucker got paid. <laughs> Please believe I'm getting a couple billion dollars out of you if you fucking rip my fat ass off a plane. I'm taking a seat with me. <laughs> There was that other story, too, that's pretty crazy, and I'm not really sure how to feel about it. Y'all hear about it? The American Airlines the lady was trying to get a double double seat stroller into a fucking airplane, and allegedly the dude, like, pulled the stroller out of her hand and then, like, punched her in her face. Now, that was the story I heard. I'll say this. If the dude was trying to take the stroller away and subsequently kind of backhand bumped the woman in the face that's unfortunate and that sucks um i understand it's a rule so i'm kind of on the fence with that and i would really hope that this dude would not have just hauled off and decked this woman in her fucking eye whilst holding a baby because that's not a good look you'd have to be a real twisted motherfucker to punch a woman in the face holding a baby Jesus Christ. 
is anybody not concerned with how my fist is doing after punching the iron-like jaw of that baby? Oh, shit. It's fucking Saturday. April's almost over. I get to go to the dentist next week. That's going to be fun. I've got fucked up teeth, y'all. And I like to say it's hereditary. Um, I don't know. It's uh, I could probably do a little better. I try to brush at least once a day. So that's, yeah. I, call me disgusting. It is what it is. I got a back tooth that's broken. Y'all ever get broken teeth? Ain't that a bitch? That fucking shit hurts. That hurts down in your soul. Especially if you get one in the front. You motherfuckers that uh, know about that cold weather. I'm talking to you guys. The Mr. Brothers Postal. I don't know if y'all listen. I'm just saying. Like, Michigan? That's cold. And I know, Brett, you said you got your front teeth fucking smashed. So, like, yeah. Broken teeth. Breathing in cold air. That's, uh, I think it could be a torture in some places. It's it's pretty intense. It's like somebody driving a nail into your brain. It hurts real bad. Hmm. Fortunately for me, the shit I'm dealing with at the moment is a motherfucking wisdom tooth that snuck his ass in the back. So he was probably going to have to come out anyway. I didn't even know I broke the shit. That's the worst part. It's so far in the back. I woke up one morning and I had a cut on the bottom of my tongue and it hurt like a bitch. You know when you bite the side of your tongue while you're chewing some shit and then you always bite it twice. That's the biggest problem. But that shit hurt. And I thought I had just bit the side of my tongue and for, I don't know, like three fucking days I had to be real careful when I ate and try not to chew on that side of my mouth. But then one day I realized, you know, with my tongue kind of feeling around that there was something sharp. And I reached back and figured out that the goddamn tooth had broken off. And, uh, yeah, I guess had basically cut my tongue. So had to go see the dentist. And now I'm going to get the wisdom teeth taken out. That'll be the last two. I've already had one on the other side taken out. And then the other one was actually uh, when I got shot. They fucking, that was one of the vague memories that I remember is I woke up out of the first couple of days of the surgeries and uh, a lot of morphine was happening, you know, just that weird kind of fade in, fade out. And one of the first things I remember was my grandma sitting in a chair in front of me with a, like a little, you know, those cups they give you at the, at the, like to take a drug test, a little plastic cup. It's one of those and she's shaking it. Rattle, 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 rattle. And she goes, you know what that is? I shook my head, no. And she said, that's one of your wisdom teeth. And I was like, okay. I didn't say anything because my my throat was cut. I had a tracheotomy at the time, but I just was nodding. That was a crazy fucking surgery. Getting your face half shot off. I remember waking up from that and... uh, it was so fucking hot in that room. And apparently the deal is is when they do surgery and connect things like they did to my face at the time and my hand, they uh, have to keep the temperature high because it helps with blood circulation. So it was November, 
and y'all i run hot i really do i sweat i will sweat through a motherfucking suit i'm not even bullshitting my armpit sweats so bad it doesn't stink it's weird it's just moisture man it, it happens and uh i remember waking up you know chest naked with my tits out sitting there and just had a pillow and I would try to turn my head to the other side and obviously I had a lot of bandages and shit on one side of it so I would turn my head and I could feel the sweat you know like pooling up around my head on that pillow it was so hot I couldn't talk I couldn't tell people to turn the fucking air up you know they did bring me a fan that was cool I would get mad as shit at people too because I couldn't tell anybody to move because I can't talk but people for a couple days were coming from my school and family members were coming to see me and uh, they would step in front of my fan and I would just start waving my fucking arm around like get the fuck out of the way (laughs) you're blocking my air god damn it that first hospital trip was a was pretty nuts. I got shot in the head and only spent a week in the hospital. That's pretty crazy. And they told my mom and grandma that yeah, I could be there for weeks, almost a month at the least. And I just really fucking hated it in there. Like, I'm sure most people feel that way. I don't know if you get the white coat fever, but uh, you know, hospitals they'll fucking freak you out man i still don't like it to this day you know uh with the baby we've had to go a couple times and i mean it's cool because i know my way around a motherfucking hospital uh i can navigate very well because i spent a little time in them but uh it's it's still really eerie you know i get a lot of feelings when i walk into hospitals because hospitals for me have never been good you know Except for, obviously, getting put back together. That was a a time that it was good, but it wasn't a good experience because it it hurt. But, like, that's kind of a weird thing to where, you know, every time you go in a hospital, it's something bad. It's somebody's dying, somebody's sick, you know, something at that point. So, even, even now, I can't stand it. And I think most people, like I said, feel the same way. It's just, it's weird. You know, that there's all kinds of shit going on in hospitals. You know, people are are being told horrible news and diagnosed with these terrible diseases. And now some people are getting better, you know, and, and making it out. But the reality is, is there's probably a lot more uh, sad shit that happens in a hospital than happy. <laughs> But yeah, man, I spent two days in that shit, 85 degree weather, and uh, I couldn't eat. That was a weird thing, too. For like three days, I didn't get to eat anything. I didn't get to drink anything. Like it, it, It really was kind of a sensory overload because given the circumstances... You know, you're happy that you you even get the option to have a soda or a, a even water, you know. But when they say, no, can't do that, bud, <laughs> you just, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. 
they fed me through a tube in my nose for those first couple days. And I was I wasn't awake for that. So that was like when they put it in. That was good. I just knew that there was like a little valve stem hanging out of my shit and you know, twice a day they would come in there with this big ass syringe and pump this uh like funky it looked like grits. It did. And it just pump it in a little thing and you didn't even have to swallow. That's the weird part is where that tube goes, it's just past your esophagus. So like you feel food like going down your throat at the bottom, you know, but you don't have to swallow. So it's just a really weird feeling of somebody pumping shit into your throat. It's probably what it feels like to get baby birded, I guess. That's fucking disgusting. I do remember when they pulled it out. They came in one morning and said, well, we're going to get that feeder tube out. I said, okay, whatever, man. And, you know, they're not, but they're definitely not polite. Because I remember she said, all right, take a deep breath. And she put her hand on my face, kind of put her fingers over my eye and her thumb under my nose, you know, to kind of hold my face steady as she grabbed that cord and pulled that shit out of my nose. And, I mean, it was a solid foot and a half of, of, uh, tube, I guess is the word. The bitch had to pull an entire arm's length and then another half of one. So I don't know how much that is, but it's long as fuck. I had one of those put in later too. That was pretty crazy. Another time that I had to return to the hospital. I've had so much shit crammed up my nose, y'all. Like between and this is what's funny is I just found out not too long ago that I'm a mouth breather which whatever I don't really give a fuck the problem is is when I breathe through my nose air doesn't go through it very well I don't know if it's a deviated septum I don't know if it's just sinus problems and 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 damage I know that as a kid I got hit in the face and nose a lot so that didn't help and then as a teenager uh, had the incident with the getting shot and then for two years I had tubes and flashlights and scopes I've had prescription grade cocaine in my nose from the fucking doctor at the hospital I've had regular cocaine in there too a couple times anyway <laughs> that's pretty nuts when a doctor squirts that shit in there and they go hey this is gonna feel funny <laughs> you and you go, what is it? And they go, well, technically it's cocaine. And you go, really? And they go, yep. And then they squirt the shit up in your nose, and the whole side of your face goes numb. So they can shove a camera in there. Hmm. Sorry. I got off on a tangent. I was talking about the, the week in the hospital, the first one. That uh, that was was pretty crazy because the first two days I was in like a morphine coma, you know I don't remember much. I just remember flashing in and out, and then the next couple of days I just wanted something to drink, and they wouldn't give it to me. They wouldn't give me ice chips. They said, "No, man, you can't have anything." And uh, by the f- fourth or fifth day, they did what they call a swallow. St- no. It was the third day. That's what it was. It was I was in and out the first two days. I wanted stuff then, and they said no. And then by the third day, I I asked, and they said, "We're going to give you a swallow study to make sure that none of your 
you know, none of your wounds are leaking into your throat or your stomach. So that's what we're going to do. I said, okay, bitch, whatever. Just give me something to drink, please. So they bring orange juice with dye in it. They give me a spoonful. Now, my mouth is very dry, and there's, you know, been stitches and all kinds of shit. So that that orange juice hitting the sores in my mouth at the time and all my chap lips and my, my dry-ass tongue was very uncomfortable. And we couldn't use that, so they had to get apple juice instead. But they gave me two, two, two spoons of fucking apple juice after three days of not having anything at all. And then like an hour later, they said that I could have uh, liquids. So they got some water. And then I think that day or the next day, they finally offered me food. And I said, okay. Uh, Then they pulled the tube out. And um, <laughs> I remember the first meal they brought me. It was fucked up, man, because they brought it in one of those plates that divide into different pieces, like a little kid's plate. And the menu said uh, roast beef, peas, and mashed potatoes. I took the lid off, and it was a puddle of green goo and fucking a puddle of white goo and a puddle of brown goo. And I took the spoon. I tried, y'all. I... In a situation to where you don't turn your motherfucking nose up at food. It doesn't matter what it is. You try it. So I tried. And y'all, it was terrible. Worst thing I ever tried to eat. And then it sucks too. Because when you're in a hospital, you don't really know like what time it is. If the windows are closed and you don't see the sun, it's, it's hard to know. So uh, I didn't realize how late in the evening it was when I finally got cleared to have food. I called my mom, and I, I told her, I said, yeah, I, uh, well, let's see. They told me that, and I said I wanted to go home. And they said, well, you know, it's going to be a little while for that. And I said, well, what do I have to do to get out of here? And the doctor said, well, we're going to need you to at least be able to get up out of your bed and walk to the door and back a couple times. And I said, okay. Well, I'll fuck. I'll try that here in a minute. So I, I tried to get up, and after being in the bed for like four days straight and not walking and not eating and not drinking, like I took about five steps, and I thought I was gonna faint. Like my forehead started sweating, my heart started pounding in my chest. I got real dizzy, and it was hot as fuck in there too. So that it was just a terrible combination of things. I had to get my fat ass back over to the bed and sit down. And so then I called my mom, you know, after I had been cleared for food. And I said, hey, they said they're going to let me out of here. I just, I need, uh, I need food. Can you bring me mashed potatoes and gravy, like from KFC? And like a banana, I think I asked for like a cream pie shake from Sonic, like a maybe a chocolate cream shake. And uh, she said, yeah, 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 no problem. So I got off the phone happy as fuck because I know I'm going to get some mashed potatoes and gravy milkshake. And I waited and waited and waited. What I didn't realize is that it was 2 o'clock in the morning when I called her. (laughs) And I would not be getting food until several hours later. And uh, yeah, that sucked. 
you get your hopes up for a milkshake and then you can't fucking get it. Hmm. <coughs> the weekend that I got shot for deer camp was a big deal weekend too. It's when they cook a lot of different food. And uh, I remember people brought me leftovers and that was pretty shitty because basically they just sent a bunch of plates into my bathroom there in the the hospital room. And, uh, yeah, every time I had to go fucking take a dump, I got to look at food that I couldn't eat. It's pretty, pretty shitty. That was another thing, fucking using the bathroom after being in a bed that long. They obviously had a catheter the first time. That's fun. A little tube in your dick. Um, it doesn't feel good when they pull it out. That's about the only, uh, the only real perspective I can give you on that. <laughs> they just grab a hold of your dick and they grab a hold of the tube and they say, all right, here we go. Boop. <laughs> it's pretty much the same for going in too. They just dip that shit in some KY and go take a breath. And your dick will never be smaller. <laughs> than when they try to fucking put a catheter in it. I promise. It's like it tries to retract back in to where it ain't nothing but just a helmet. And it's like, no, please. Uh, that fucking doctor slash nurse will grab your dick with two fingers mm. <laughs> and poke and poke that shit right in there. <laughs> Motherfucking nurses are gangsters. Don't you ever fuck with a nurse. <laughs> I was at a hospital one time and I saw this nurse jump on this big old motherfucker who I guess was on the run. He had uh, escaped from a triage or from some shit. He was dragging an IV tower and there was three orderlies, three dudes that basically had blocked the door because he was ready to fucking leave. And he said, let me go. I'm, I'm leaving. And they were like, you can't, you know, you've got our property, all this shit. And he was like, I'll take this shit out right now. And he went to fucking reach for that IV tube. And this little bitty woman jumped on him and pumped him full of something. Just a big fat syringe of shit. And this motherfucker fell like an oak tree. Just Luckily, them other motherfuckers were there to pick him up, put him in a wheelchair, and roll his ass back yonder. But, yeah, don't be fucking with nurses, man. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I've sat here talking nonsense for about 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are going to like this. And if you don't, that's fine. The reality is, is this podcast was was intended for me and Biff to, to get to know each other and hear stories from other people. Maybe just have interesting situations from their life and childhood. But it's also about therapy. This is about me talking about some shit. Because it turns out buying a microphone and a mixer costs less than a therapist. <laughs> so, just know, if you listen, I love you for it. I appreciate it. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. This is just a way for me to tell you a little more about me if you're interested. And if you're not, that's cool, man. <laughs> but y'all have a wonderful evening, day, weekend. Whenever the fuck this shit comes out, you can get at me on Twitter at JodyB501. And, uh, yeah, y'all take it easy. Shit.
Yeah. 